0: Hey, welcome to episode five of It's the Salt for Me, brought to you by The Salty Christian. I'm your host, Marie. I invite you to subscribe, share, and comment. We have new episodes every Thursday, except for the last three Thursdays but there's meaning in my madness. So I'm going to start with this. When God gives you a sign, believe it the first time. The devil does not come to play. Okay, so about three or so weeks ago, I started to feel a little down. I became unsure of what I should really be doing in life, including whether or not I was even supposed to be doing this podcast. You know, I was feeling good about what I had done so far. I spent a lot of time on each episode, and to my surprise, people were actually listening to it. I prayed about it to God before I ever even got started on the first episode, and God clearly told me that this is something that I need to do. I mean, okay, I know it's going to sound like I doubted God, and honestly, a small part of me probably does because of what I've been through, which is why I'm salty to begin with and going through this whole process. But I would pray for signs from God, for reassurance that I was doing what he wants me to do. Then I'd be watching different church services online and I swear they'd be talking directly to me with the, I don't know who needs to hear this, but, or I'd see a random post that told me exactly what I'd been asking God. And these things kept happening. So I knew I was supposed to follow through with the podcast And I was excited because God wants to use me to give a word. No, not to preach or anything like that. But I think to let people know that it's okay to be mad at God. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to feel disappointed in God. It's okay because God loves us unconditionally. And in the end, it's through all of this that we will find him. So, like I was saying, about three or so weeks ago, I started to feel down. I think I mentioned in my first podcast how I was starting to come out of sort of an isolation I had been in. I kind of cut myself off from a lot of things for a really long time. And if I didn't mention that, that'll be a podcast for another day. Anyway, when I started working on my first podcast, I felt myself starting to come out of this isolation, for lack of a better term. I was finally able to study the Bible and pray. I started feeling pretty good again. I was able to focus on God like I hadn't been able to do for a minute. It's not that I didn't want to. It was almost like something always pulled me away when I started to try and get my relationship with God back to where it once was. And let me tell you, it's been a difficult process. (laughs) Not because I don't believe, but because I absolutely do. And I know I need to get right. I just felt so forgotten and so let down by God that I think I turned my back on him. And that's just never good. Working on this podcast made me study his word, made me pray, made me worship, made me think about him all the time, made me want to strengthen my relationship with him even more. After a while, I noticed I started trying to do things that I'd stopped doing, like calling people and checking in, giving people like I should, being kind to people praying often, and trusting God, it was the most excited I've felt in years. I knew I was on the right path and I felt a shift in my relationship with God. He showed me the signs when I asked him to. And in the end, something would come over me. This beautiful feeling that I still can't explain whenever I would think about or ask God to show me a sign about this podcast. My eyes would tear up. I would cry. That's when I really knew I was on the right path. God had been clear with me. I knew what I had to do. So I did it. I completed the first podcast. Funny thing though. Side note, when I recorded the first episode, it took a few days. I'll be honest. I'd been in my room alone with everything set up to record. And for some reason, whenever I would hit record and start talking, I would get anxiety. My voice would shake. I would feel so embarrassed. Like I just wanted to crawl out of the room and nobody else was even in there but me. I kept trying though and I finally got through it. I was proud and I hoped God was proud of me for following through with it. I posted the first episode about a week later and to my surprise, people listened to it. More and more people every day. Every time I checked the numbers, there were more listens. And I was excited starting to work on the next episode, then the next. People listen to those too. It was awesome. So during all of this, I had decided that I needed to go back to church. I had been going to a mega church for, from time to time until COVID hit. They closed. So I started watching on television on Sunday mornings. It's not like I had gone every Sunday up until that point, because truth be told, I hadn't. I was in isolation. I was mad at God, so I kind of stopped going. (laughs) That fixed him. But (laughs) if I'm being honest, I didn't see the point. He was ignoring me anyway. So I decided I wanted to go back to church. And I'm a little old school, so I've always wanted to go to a church like the one I grew up in, a smaller church that sings the old songs, where you can get to know people and be really involved, ladies wear them hats and all that. Not to say that you can't do all those things with a mega church a smaller church is just my preference. So there was this church down the street from me that I had heard about from a neighbor, but they were closed due to COVID as well when she first told me about it. Well, everything's been open for a minute now. So I got up about three or so weeks ago, got dressed and went to check it out. I prayed that morning uh, while driving to church that it would be, you know, the church that I had been praying for. That they would sing the old songs, that the preacher was good, that the people were kind, all the while thinking, please just don't let them make me stand up, state my name, where I'm from, and remain standing. (laughs) And if you're old school, you know what I'm talking about. So let me tell you, it was a small church, so I felt a little anxiety going in because I didn't want people looking at me. But, you know, they greeted me right away. I went in and sat in the back. Church started with the choir singing, and I swear, they sung at least five songs from when I was a little girl in a church I grew up in. I was juiced. I stood up and was clapping my hands and singing along, thoroughly enjoying worship. We all sat down after prayer. They did some announcements. Then they did the one thing that I didn't want them to do. I asked any visitors to stand up, state your name, where you're from, and remain standing. <laughs> so I wanted to shrink in my seat. Everybody was looking around and some other people stood up and I knew I had to. And of course, because I sat my silly self away in the back, it started with me. Now my anxiety is off the chain at this point. My heart was beating, and I wanted to run. Instead of me telling them my name, I quickly said, Hi, I'm originally from California, and I'm looking for a church home. (laughs) Yeah, Everything was a blur after that, man. (laughs) I was just glad it was over, and I could sit back down. (laughs) So anyway, the preacher went up to start his sermon shortly after. And I will say, at first, I wasn't impressed. And I was like, okay, God, here we go. He was older, I'd say probably about mm, a thousand. I could tell he was reading from his notes the entire time. It started off slow, and then something shifted. That man may have been reading from his papers the whole time, but he sure did start talking to me. I don't know who needs to hear this, but God wants to use you to get a message out. Wait, what? (laughs) He started that old school singing, preaching, had me and everybody else jumping out your seat, throwing your hands in the air. Tears were falling from my eyes. Everybody was praising God. It was a scene. (laughs) I left church that day feeling so good, so happy. I found out the church I had been looking for was just right down the road. Everything I asked for was there. God delivered in more ways than one. I was on my path. Meanwhile, I was still working on the podcast and checking daily to see if people were listening. And they were. Until one day, a couple days after I'd gone to church, there were no listens. Then the next day there was. Then the next day there wasn't. Every day was different. It was no longer consistent. It's funny because instead of focusing on the good listen days, I obsessed with the no listen days. What, God? What now? You told me this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, I was really upset. That's when I started questioning God and everything I was doing and completely blaming God again. So before I go any further, let me just reiterate. When God gives you a sign, believe it the first time. Because the devil does not come to play. Okay, so I started to kind of shut down. I didn't believe that I was still on the right path. If God wasn't going to have people listen every day, what was really the point? A couple days after that, I was on my way to work. It was still dark outside around seven o'clock in the morning. And I turned the corner from my house to go on the main road. I didn't drive too far when I looked on the ground to the side of the road. There was a deer on the ground. I swear we locked eyes. The next thing you know, that daggone deer jumped up and ran in front of my van. I saw what was happening and all I could do was slam on my brakes and hold on tight to the steering wheel and scream bloody murder. I really thought that was the day I was going to meet my maker. It was too late to try and swerve out of the way. Nothing I could do. I think every car behind me probably heard me scream. The deer hit the front of my van. I had to drive down a little further to get off the road. I was shaken at best. You know, I took a minute to get to gather myself. I watched the other cars that were behind me driving slowly past me. I didn't really know if I was supposed to go back and check on this deer or not. I mean, it wasn't like I was gonna get out of my car and walk up on it, but I could probably make a call. I drove back down the street to where it hit me. That deer was gone, nowhere to be found. I was like, that about a blip. You know, the van seemed fine, so I made a U-turn and drove on to work like any other day. So when I got to work, I thought, oh, let me check the front of this van to make sure it's all good. I walked up there, and my van was tore up. Not only did that deer hit the front, but there was a dent in the driver's side door, too. I didn't even know it hit that side, I was too through. I went inside, called my insurance to report it, then called my husband and told him what happened. I called her around to a few body shops but nobody could even take it for at least two weeks. My husband called around and found somebody would take it the next morning. So the next day, I used my daughter's car to get to work. And later on in the day, I'm minding my own business, walking down the driveway at work, trying to check the mail. This bee or wasp or something was really following me and had the nerve to hit my face and fly off. So I'm walking down the driveway trying to dodge this thing because it was just messing with me at this point, coming back and forth. I know people driving by were wondering why I was acting a fool. I almost reached the mailbox thinking, okay, I'm in the clear now. When that little sucker came out of nowhere and stung me dead in the middle of my eyelid. I can't even begin to tell you how bad it hurt. I immediately thought back to the only other time in life that I got stung by a bee. I must have been four years old. It was that traumatic, and that's why I've never forgotten. I went next door to see if my friend could play. I rang the doorbell, and this bee came out of nowhere and stung me in the middle of my neck. I must have screamed like I was being kidnapped. Her dad opened that door so fast and he's screaming, What's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm screaming back, Abby stung me. Abby stung me. And that's all I remember. (laughs) So back to the present day sting. (laughs) Luckily, my coworker had just gotten back and all I could do was laugh and cry at the same time. Cry because it hurt like all get out, but laugh because he and I okay, mostly me, was just making fun of another coworker who had gotten stung a couple weeks prior, and his eye was swollen shut, I was like, why didn't you dodge it? Didn't you see it coming? And I was acting out like dodging a bee, right? <laughs> well, yeah, my eye didn't swell shut, but it was swollen. My worker, my co-worker got the stinger out. Yeah, part of that was clearly karma, but that was the next bad thing that happened, So after these two things happened, I started to shut down even more. You know, I didn't go to church that Sunday, and I didn't record a podcast episode. I stayed in bed feeling sorry for myself, blaming God. A few days later, to top it all off, I got a call from my husband asking me exactly how hard I really hit that deer. I said I hit that deer pretty hard. I told him I wasn't kidding when I told him I thought I was going to meet Jesus that day. I asked why, and he said, because the repair shop just called and said they've had to contact the insurance company to see if they're just gonna total out the van. I was shocked. I didn't know. I know I hit it hard, but I didn't know it was that hard. And I was heartbroken because did I mention that this is the van, this this van is the last thing I had from my dad who passed away a few years ago. Yeah, all I could do was cry and hope for the best. So about four days later, the insurance company called. And said, the van is total. And I was just devastated. God let me down again. Again. So let me go back. So before all of this, I had also started reading the book of John, which promptly, you know, I promptly put away as I started to shut back down. Although I could feel myself shutting back down. I still tried to pray and study God's word because I knew what was happening deep down. I also felt like a complete hypocrite because how can I tell people to forgive and trust God while allowing myself to shut back down? I knew I had to fight my way out of this. I didn't go back to church, but I watched on television whether I wanted to or not. I kept trying to read the book of John, but as I read, I noticed a pattern. The people in the book of John kept wanting Jesus to show them miracles and signs in order for them to believe He is who he says he was, even though they already witnessed his miracles. At that point, all I could do was laugh because I had just learned that I am so much like those people. God showed me signs when I asked, but I kept asking for more because I was clearly having trust issues. I should have believed him the first time. I didn't, and I feel like that gave room for the devil to sneak in, distort my thinking, have me blaming God for the bad things that were happening put me back in isolation. When I figured that out, I was able to put things into perspective. So the first miracle that happened while I was watching a uh, service on television, the pastor said something like, God has given each of us a gift. God wants us to get the word out about him. There are those that come to steal, kill, and destroy. It dawned on me in that moment that maybe none of this was God's doing. Maybe it was the devil trying to stop me because he knows I was on the right path. He also knows that I'm a bad mamma jamma when I put my mind to something, and then it hit me. Who's to say that this wasn't my dad who orchestrated that deer hitting the van? You know, we had put money into the van on several occasions. Before the deer hit it, it had started to have a few problems again. It was making some questionable noises. I would have never gotten rid of it, though. I told my husband that maybe it was God. Maybe it was dad and my God, you know, my dad and God. <laughs> maybe he had that deer hit it just hard enough to not hurt me, but to total it out. My my husband looked at me and said, you're probably right. Because it doesn't make sense that you hit that deer head on that hard. And the airbag didn't deploy. Mind blown. <laughs> I didn't even think about the airbag, but why didn't it deploy? Honestly, it just occurred to me that I pray every morning on the way to work for God's protection on the road, for safe travel to and from wherever I'm going. And I know that God had his hand on me that morning. The more I think about it, it should have been a lot worse than it was. As far as the bee sting, well, maybe it was God's way of telling me to open my eyes to what I've asked him for and the answers that he has given me. Stop focusing on the numbers, because it's not about the numbers. It's about getting God's word out. Open your eyes before you get stoned by the devil. The devil tried me, y'all. He tried to destroy me and isolate me all over again, because I doubted God, basically. I allowed it for a short time, but this time I was able to find God's goodness in the middle of it all. I kept praying, studying God's word. And I started smiling again as I figured out what was really going on. I trusted God, and he showed me the bigger picture. What's the point to all this, you ask? I should have believed God when he showed me a sign the first time, and I may have been able to avoid all of this. Instead of focusing on the task at hand, I started focusing on the numbers. I got discouraged, and the devil pulled the old okey-doke. Ephesians 4, 26 and 7 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Well, I got angry because I was focused on the wrong thing. It wasn't really about the signs God showed me or what he had told me I needed to do. At that point, I think it was more about my ego and that gave way to the devil. Luckily, I was quick in understanding this time. Well, it took about three weeks, but I understood what was happening nonetheless and turned my eyes back to God. And now all is well with my soul. For the record, people have still been listening over my three-week hiatus. (laughs) Lots of people. But you know what? It doesn't even matter. I don't really care anymore. And I don't check it as much now. I'm doing what God's told me to do and thoroughly enjoying it, if nothing else, is bringing me closer to God. I'm winning either way. (laughs) I'll end with this. We went to look for a new car. I'm not one to spend a lot on cars, never have been, just really don't care about them that much. We walked all through the lot for a while. Somehow my husband got separated from me and my daughter. We kept looking and looking. I pulled out my cell phone to call my husband because I hadn't found anything. And frankly, I was just over it at this point. He was no more than three feet in front of me when I called looking at this car that was parked in the middle of the aisle of all these other cars. It was beautiful. It was priced within our budget and only had 39,000 miles on it. You know, my daughter and I had to have passed that car, as did my husband, but we didn't see it. I think, you know, maybe we didn't pay attention because we all thought it was somebody else's car because it wasn't parked with the other cars. (laughs) I don't know. But I know it was like manna from heaven, a reward for trusting God and working it out and putting the devil behind me. It had to be from God because we drove home that day in our new BMW SUV. Because God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I hope this will help you to listen to God the first time, because the devil does not come to play. It might not happen overnight, but as our relationship with him deepens, so will our faith, trust, and obedience. I again invite you to subscribe, share, and comment. I'll catch you on the next episode of It's the Salt for Me. Until then, be blessed and be a blessing.